Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you'll be able to take, take those announcements in and get involved. Although we're isolated, we're still able to connect in some way. We're still able to be involved. So uh, I hope you're able to do that. But it's great to see you again. It's great to tune in like this. And I must admit, I've been very encouraged and our team, uh, our leaders have been very encouraged because our, our numbers, people are consistently watching week by week. It seems to be that this Sunday morning is still very, very important to so many people. And uh, we've been uh, really encouraged. And I want you to be encouraged too that as we gather here week by week, uh, people are continuing to set aside this time. Uh, as you're sitting wherever you may be, others are joining you. But 150 to 200 people are also sitting right now watching. And so we do that in one spirit. We do that together as a united church. So be encouraged. And as we come together, it's been wonderful to worship. It's been wonderful also to just open God's word. And this morning, I pray that uh, you'll be, be ready, that your spirit will be ready and open to hearing from God this morning. As we're talking about listening, this is a very opportunity to come and to hear from him, to let him shape us, challenge us, grow us to become more like Christ. And we've been looking at a series over this term on prayer. It was, Lord, teach us to pray, and we've come to the end of that, that formal prayer that Jesus taught. But I was hoping also to focus on a couple of other themes in regards to prayer that are not touched on in the Lord's Prayer specifically. Uh, in a previous series on prayer, I did a message on prayer and fasting. And so this time I'm not going to go there, but I, I mention it here and now because maybe that's something you'd like to look into. All you need to do is go onto the podcast section of our webpage. There's a search there. If you type in fasting, that message will come up. And there's a whole message on prayer and fasting and even a little, a little worksheet, sort of a how to, how to fast in your own life. So I'm not going to focus on that this time. Next week we're going to be looking at the whole theme of prayer and speaking in tongues. It's been a theme that's been sitting there that I've wanted to touch on for a while um, and, of course, something that people ask quite often. So that's, that's, that's next week. But today we're going to be looking at prayer and listening to God. Prayer and listening to God. I'd like to start by sharing a quote by Soren Kierkegaard. He says this, A man prayed and at first he thought that prayer was talking, but he became more and more quiet until he realised that prayer is listening. What wise words and how true. Prayer often begins in our lives as we call out to God. We, we find out that our first prayers are when we call out because of the, there's a need. Lord help is often that prayer. It's often when we're in trouble or it's a prayer of thanks. We, we cry out to him. But as we continue to grow, as we continue to mature in our faith and in our relationship with God, Prayer becomes so much more than just expressing our own needs, our own wish lists. It becomes a conversation. And all conversations are not, uh, all good conversations are two ways. It's not just one person talking, one person listening. All good conversations have a toing and froing where one is able to share, one is able to listen. And our relationship with God includes this, this form of conversation where we're able to stop and be still and hear God as he speaks into our life and into our situations. So this morning I'd like to open up this idea of what it means to listen, to really listen to God in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. And I'll admit today is... Uh, 
There's a lot of really good practical points in this, this message today. It's been uh, very much informed by Pete Krieg in his book, How to Pray, as well as the prayer course, which we've been doing with that online small group. And there's a lot of really practical things in here today. So if you've got a pen and paper, I'd encourage you more than ever to write some of these down. Because we're going to do far more than just look at simple principles. We're going to look at some very practical ways of making this a reality in our lives. Some things that you can actually take and, and, and put into practice in your, in your life. Firstly, I'd like to focus here. Simply this. The reality and the truth that we have been created to hear from God. You and I, it has been woven into our very beings in the very first pages of the Bible in Genesis, we see that God is interacting with Adam and Eve. It doesn't take long for us to stumble across Genesis 128 where the first things we have recorded him sharing with them is God blesses them and instructs them to be fruitful and to multiply. Then the the picture continues as as God walks with them in the garden, he talks uh, with them. This beautiful picture of God walking and conversing with Adam and Eve and this is what we were created for right from the very beginning. Of course, sin has come and has caused a separation so we don't find ourselves in the same place but we are still created with that same spiritual DNA. I think of also of John chapter 10. Where Jesus is speaking, when, when Jesus came, he speaks these words to his disciples, to his followers. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. They will listen to my voice, says Jesus. They will listen to my voice. And then a few verses later in John 10:27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Very clearly, Jesus is showing that as followers of Jesus, we can hear his voice, his guidance in our life. And I think this is an interesting little illustration, but it's one that makes all the more sense when we understand it in its, in its context. Because if we think of shepherds and sheep, well, the way we uh, rear sheep and, and, and herd sheep in, in Australia is very different to the way it was done in the Middle East. Nowadays, we use dogs you know, to rear sheep and to chase them around. But in the day that Jesus was speaking, shepherds would know their sheep. They lived with their sheep. They, they went out into the fields at night and they spent the night out looking after them, caring for them. They knew them by name. In reality, they were a part of their own families. They were their entire livelihood. And the interesting part is that the sheep would know the voice of the shepherd's Sorry, the sound of the shepherd's voice. And often, especially this is illustrated as the shepherd would bring the sheep to a well to water them, to give them drink. And they would often come and there would be other shepherds with all of their sheep there too. Think about that in your mind's eye for a moment. Picture that. You have multiple shepherds coming with multiple herds, drinking the water. How, how did they know whose was who? Did they spray them blue and, and red? Did they, they wear team jerseys? No. The sheep would go and they would have a drink. And then as the shepherd would be ready to go, all the shepherd would do is he would call his sheep and he would walk away and the sheep would hear his voice and they would follow him. Isn't that amazing? That's the illustration Jesus is alluding to here. 
to this, to, in this context. Jesus says to us that as he calls out, we can know and recognise his voice so that we too can follow him. I guess you could say it's the same as when someone you really know calls on the phone. Now, this is maybe if you've got your identifier, you know, the name identification turned off on your phone or in the days of, you know, of of the dial phone, where when someone called, you didn't know who it was. Their name didn't come up on the phone. They just said hello. And often those who you knew really well, all they would have to say is hello. And you could recognise them. You can recognise them in a moment. You see, we come to recognise people simply because we are familiar with their voice. We've heard it so many times. We've spent so much time with them that when they call, we can recognise that it's them. I had a friend who used to love calling and then doing practical jokes. Now, he can't do it anymore because his name comes up on my mobile phone. But he used to call up, and a number of the guys did this in my early youth group. They thought it was hilarious. They would ring up pretending to be anyone else but themselves. They would you know, pretend to try sell me something or so forth. And, um, and this particular mate would call up and put on different accents. He'd practice his accents on me. So he'd, I'd pick up the phone and I'd, I'd get this accent. And I, I tell you, he got me once or twice, but the majority of times, even though he was trying to mask his own voice, I could still say, Hey, mate, I know it's you. And how did I know that? Simply because he was a friend. I'd heard his voice so many times. I'd spent time with him. I came to recognise it so that even on the phone, even though he was trying to disguise it, I could recognise it. In a similar fashion, so too as we come, we, we, so too we can come to discern the voice of God in our lives. We can become familiar with his lead. We can become familiar with this still, small voice that encourages us, that challenges us and that calls us, that leads us, that guides us. Now this is an interesting theme because when, uh, from my perspective it's a little like where do you even start? When you open the pages of scripture, time and time again we have examples of God speaking to his people. And so I wanted to share just a, some, a, a few of those examples, ways in which God continues to speak to his people uh, in the Bible, I guess beyond that time in Genesis. We see God speaking in different ways. Firstly, we see him speaking through creation. Psalm 19, 1-2 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. Of course, this is more illustrative in purpose. And God was far more direct in in many other incidents. For instance, God would often speak to his people through through angels, his messengers. The word angel literally meaning messenger. God would come in and speak to his people through through angels. Mary and Joseph were were a good example. Angels came to them to share that that Jesus would be born, that the angel came and also would give them advice to run away and to flee for their own safety. And we see many examples in scripture of, of angels visiting people. There are also visions. God places visions uh, upon his people. The apostle Peter, a great example. 
as he was praying, as he was before the Lord in prayer, had a vision of a large sheep filled with unclean animals, signifying the spread of the gospel to all people, to the Gentiles as well as the Jews. God speaks very clearly through, through this vision. And then as we open scripture, we see God speaking through the prophets, through prophecies in both the Old and the New Testament. The Old Testament, uh, even in and of itself, the way it's categorised, is, is, is split up into different sections. And there are parts dedicated in the Old Testament to the minor and the major prophets. It's part of the very category of, of, the, of the scriptures. There are five major prophets and twelve minor prophets So as we read these books, these are God's very words spoken to his people to guide them, to encourage them, to challenge them. And in the New Testament, we see that there's the prophetic gift. And Paul encourages his church to desire this prophetic gift above all else. And why? Because it's God's very living voice speaking to his people, encouraging them for that time, for that very situation. So God speaks through creation, through angels, through visions, through the prophets. And as we look at the disciples, we see the Holy Spirit speaking and leading the early believers. In the book of Acts alone, two examples, Acts 16.6, we read Paul and Silas were travelling through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. The Holy Spirit had prevented them. So God, through his Holy Spirit, communicates with them and leads them and guides them in their path. In Acts 13.2, we see this example also that one day, as the people were worshipping God, as they were fasting, the Holy Spirit says to them, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. Now, that's a very specific call too, isn't it? That's not just some ambiguous, oh, I'm feeling the love of God in this moment. No, this is, I am appointing Barnabas and Saul for this purpose. Very clearly, God communicating through his Holy Spirit to God's people as they're praying, as as they're fasting. And if that's not enough, if that's not enough to convince you that God communicates and wants to communicate with us and with his people, there was a point in time in, in Numbers chapter 22 from verse 21, where God would even use a donkey to speak to Balaam. So if you're so stubborn and God needs to get something through, know this, he speaks in the most interesting and varied ways. It is safe to say that God has a good track record of communicating with his people from from the very beginning of time and that has not ceased Now, I know as I share share all of this, you can be hesitant and say, well, I haven't had angels in my life. I haven't had visions like this. Okay, creation. That's a little bit of an ambiguous one, you might say. We can be hesitant, can't we? We can be hesitant because we have also seen bad examples. Maybe we've seen that person who, who comes to us saying, God has told me. You know, the, the person a little bit on the edge, on the fringe, and well, we, we don't want to be quite like that. <laughs> or maybe we've had differing experiences in our lives. Maybe there have been seasons where we have heard 
God's voice or the, the leading of the Holy Spirit, but there have been times where God seems to be completely silent. So we give up. We just go on with what we know. And we stop seeking. We stop listening for the voice of God in our lives. What a shame if we are afraid or not willing to grow in this area. Because what a privilege to know that we can hear and be led by the voice of God in our lives. That we can know his leading, that we can know his guidance, that we can hear his comforting and his challenging voice in our day-to-day lives as followers of Jesus Christ. So I'd like to spend the rest of our time here this morning, being quite practical. Because like I said, I don't want to just sit on the, the principles. We could open verse after verse, story after story, where God spoke uh, to his people. But I know for most of us, the, the question is, but how does that work for me? How does that work when I, I wake up each morning and I'm just struggling to get by? How does that work for me when I'm getting up trying to work and and balance the kids and family life and, and, and homeschooling. And how does that actually work? So I'd like to focus on some really practical things. First, how do we hear God's voice? And secondly, how do we discern his voice in our lives? And in each one of these areas, I'd like to unpack them a little bit more. So firstly, write these down. How do we hear God's voice? Firstly, To hear God in our lives, we need to slow down. If we want to hear him, we need to slow down, to be quiet, quiet enough and still enough so that we can hear his still small voice. We need to try something. I know this will work more effectively in some of your situations than others. But I want you to just be really quiet for a moment. I'd like you to stop. And if you're at home and there are kids running around, well, that's going to be hard to stop. Let that happen. But if they're old enough, just kids even just be there. Just be quiet. Parents, be quiet. If you're on your own, be quiet. And I just want you to sit and in the stillness, I want you to listen to what you can hear around you. This might be strange over live stream because I'm going to be quiet for about 30 seconds. But I want you just to be still. And to be very attentive to the noises around you that you can hear. If you have a piece of paper and you are taking notes, even write them down. Are you ready? Take a moment just to be still. What do you hear?
wonder what you heard. I could hear a hum of amps in that back room. I could hear a creaking tin roof. I could hear a few birds chirping out there in the trees. And I never knew that this pulpit creaks when you lean on it. I do now, ever so slightly. I heard cars in the distance, a few driving down Wellington Road, hopefully with permission. I heard one of the crew coughing in the background. I could even start to hear my own breathing. It's funny how when we take the time to listen, there is so much more to hear. And this is, this is true of our physical world or how much more true in the spiritual. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Not be busy, not, not, not get active. No, be still and know that I am God. We can often miss God's leading and his voice because it's drowned out by our busy lives. We need to take time to stop. We need to take time to slow down. There's another S word that means take time to be quiet. (laughs) Take time to just sit and reflect and meditate on the word of God so we can hear from him. I love in 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 Elijah... The book of Elijah in one, sorry, in the book of 1 Kings 19 where Elijah is, is there with Samuel. And in chapter, oh wait, sorry, Elijah 1 Kings 19 is the, the contest of Mount Carmel. Samuel's coming up. In chapter 18, we have Elijah, got myself confused there, and the servants of Baal. Elijah has this, this enormous contest to see whose God would listen. He's there and, and, and the prophets of Baal and him having this standoff. They're calling out to their gods and the prophets of Baal are even cutting themselves. They're calling out so that their God would hear them. And finally Elijah would call out and his God would call out, for, it would come, send fire from heaven. And there'd be this, this amazing, this miraculous event to show that God was listening to Elijah. God responds in this this mighty way, sending fire from heaven. Elijah then has all the false prophets of Baal killed and then flees for his life from the Queen Jezebel. Think of that. He does this miraculous thing. God does this miraculous thing for him. And then in a moment his confidence is shaken and he runs for the hills and he hides in a cave on Mount Sinai. And there we read these words. In 1 Kings 19 verse 11. And this is God speaking to Elijah. After he's had this whinge, God, I stood up for you, I did all this amazing work for you, and now I'm running for my life. What's going on? And God answers him. But I find it fascinating the way in which God answers. We read from verse 11. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the, earth, after the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire there was the sound 
of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. I find this fascinating because we often look for God in the great, the miraculous And here God comes as the sound of a gentle whisper. Some translations, the actual word in its fullness can mean in the silence. God comes in a gentle whisper. We're often so busy that we miss his still small voice. So to hear God, we need to slow down. Also, To hear God, we need to soften up. We need to be sensitive to hear the voice of God in our lives. Because we can often have hard hearts. We can often resist him in our lives. We're we're a a confident people. We want to do things in a certain way, in our own way. And so often we can live in a sense of arrogance, in an attitude that says, well, I can do this. I don't need him. And so in our own strength, we battle on. We need to take time to be sensitive, to come and admit, Lord, I need you. Father, I have sinned. Father, I I come before you in humility. We need to come with a sensitive heart and a sensitive spirit to hear from him. Jesus in The Gospel of Mark is recorded as saying these words, Mark 4.9, Anyone with ears to hear should understand, said Jesus. And then in chapter 8, he said these words to the disciples, Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Jesus was addressing this, this very real truth in our lives that we can often be hard Although we hear, we don't really hear. So we need to come to God in humility, with a soft heart, crying out, saying, Lord, lead me in this place. We need to be sensitive to his voice in our lives. So we need to hear God's voice. How do we hear God's voice? By slowing down, by softening up. But we also need to do something which we don't often think of in regards to, to listening or to hearing from God. And that is we need to step out. For listening is not a passive activity. Listening means yielding to whatever God tells us or calls us or encourages us to do in our lives. Pete sees these words in his book, on How to Pray. He says this, It's not until we have done the last thing God asked of us that we are ready to receive his next revelation. This keeps us close to his side, obedient to his voice, walking by faith, not by sight. Keeps us close to his side. And so it's a good question to ask ourselves, if God was to speak, am I willing to do what he says? Am I ready to obey the very thing he might be calling me to do? Or to step out and to live the life that he's challenging me to do? 
Maybe you've stopped hearing God's voice in your own life because he is waiting for you to step out in something he has already called, something he has already showed you to do. This reminded me of a a trip we took many years ago. I used to go uh, and take teams to to Russia, to Vladivostok, to these uh, camps. And I can remember the first or the second trip we went to this one particular camp uh, with about three to five hundred children, uh, who, none of who had heard the, the good news of Jesus Christ. And we went there and we were actually instructed by the, the, the camp leaders that we weren't allowed to preach. And we weren't allowed to specifically talk um, about God with, with, with language. We weren't especially allowed to pray or to call for prayer. And so we came understanding that, knowing that. And so we, we came and we prepared a number of dramas that used no words. And they were fine with that. They were fine with us to do Christian drama. So that's how we communicated the gospel. We'd come and we'd share these Christian dramas. And one particular time, however, before we were going in, that every night they'd have these concerts. And this particular night we'll come in to do uh, one of our key dramas uh, called Choices, which was the, probably the most explicit of all the dramas we did that, that shared the, the love of Jesus Christ. And as we were preparing for this, I just felt this leading in my spirit. I felt God saying, how can they respond if they can't hear my word? I thought, well, Lord, we're doing this drama. No, no, I felt this impression strongly saying, no, they need to hear it. They need to be invited. And I thought, well, that goes against what we've been told. And so I brought the team around me. We had a number of us there, about a dozen And I shared this with them. I said, I know what I'm sharing with you goes against what we have been instructed, but I can't help but feel this is God speaking. And so we took time. We all stopped what we were doing and we paused and we simply prayed, Lord, is this actually what you're saying? And quite clearly, every single person said, yes, we we feel exactly what you're sharing. We, We concur, you could say. And so that day... We shared the drama and then I stood, stepped up and I simply shared and said that the drama you've seen is a true story of Jesus Christ, how he died and he loves you. Would you like to give your life to him? And that room, every hand in that room was raised as these kids responded to a very basic understanding of the gospel but the Holy Spirit touched their hearts. And they put their hands up and wanted to know more about this God who loved them. And as I prayed a prayer, as simply as I could, I have this habit of praying with my eyes open. And as I looked around the room and I saw these kids in tears just responding to the Holy Spirit, that was very evident in that place. I saw some of the key leaders looking at me with daggers in their eyes. And they were polite enough when it finished. They didn't even reprimand us. They, they knew that we knew. We continued that camp and it was wonderful. We got to continue to spend time with these kids and share story after story with them. And, and then the, the camp ended and just as the camp ended, we heard some news. They shared that this camp was actually closing down, that this was the last year that this camp was running, not because we had done the wrong thing and, and done what they asked them not to do, but because the business owners, these are like 
the, the businesses, the capital enterprises, they, they weren't able to financially sustain it and they shared with the whole campsite at that point in time that this was the last camp. They'd all have to disperse to other camps. And I can remember just sitting there and feeling the Holy Spirit say, thank you for being obedient because for some this was the last chance and your last opportunity to share the good news with them. See, in this sense, we hear from God in our lives. It's often to encourage us, but it's often to call us to step out into something. And so to hear from God and to continue to hear from him, we need to step out. We need to be obedient. And the very... Uh, the actual core, the, the, the word obedience that we read in scripture where it talks and asks, where Jesus calls the disciples to obey, actually means to listen. To listen, but the, the idea of to listen is to put into practice, not just to hear, but to enable it to transform us, to change our behaviours. So to listen to God. It's not just hearing, but it's stepping out in obedience and living out what he calls us to do, what he calls us to be. There's some simple ways of how we hear God's voice in our life and it's something you can do this week. This week you can take some time out to sit and open the word of God and to pray. You can do that. You can soften up. You can simply come with a humble attitude to say, yes, Lord, I'm here because I I desire you. I I want to hear from you, Lord. I, I can't do this on my own. I come because I need you. You can step out. As you read scripture, you you can put these things into practice. These are all very practical things that we can all do, that you can do this week. So I'd encourage you to do so. encourage you to start with number one. Take some time to slow down. I shared, I've got some other practical things. And it's this, how do we discern because it's one thing to hear God's voice, but how do we discern? How do we actually know that it is his voice speaking in our life? And this little, uh, little framework is the ABC framework. And I thought, hey, this is really practical. This is a, a good one to, listen, uh, to, to remember. It's simply this. A, get advice. So you've been sitting, you've been praying, and you feel God leading. I encourage you to... To invite some people into your life, some other mature Christians, people who you know have a living and real faith with Jesus Christ. Come to them and seek their advice. God has brought a a community of faith together so that we may encourage each other. And the early church often would discern God's voice together. They would pray together. They would hear the leading of the Holy Spirit together. So we often think of this as something we do on our own. But in reality, we often can discern his voice far more and far in a far clearer way when we get good counsel. Now, this was the story I, I got excited about before and jumped to a bit early. But in 1 Samuel 3, we see God speaking and calling out to his servant Samuel. Now, Eli, who was, I guess, discipling Samuel, Samuel was in the temple being trained uh, in that life and Eli was the, was the one doing that. And it's Samuel who is lying in his bed late at night and God speaks to him. But Samuel doesn't recognise it as God's voice and he runs to Eli 
And after a number of times, it's finally Eli who recognises that it's God's voice and he guides Samuel to be able to hear from him. Firstly, thank God that he didn't give up on Samuel, that God didn't call once and said, ah, well, he didn't hear me, that's enough. No, God persists. I think that that's beautiful, a bit of a side note. But it's interesting that it's not Samuel who's able to discern it. It's Eli. And it's Eli who's, allowed to, who's able to come alongside Samuel and instruct him and coach him to hear God's voice for himself. And so it is in our own lives. We need, we need spiritual elders who can help us discern and to hear God's voice, who enable us to be able to discern it and to, to hear the still small voice of God. So we need good counsel, we need good advice, but we need the Bible. For all scripture is God-breathed, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And our scripture is our ultimate authority. We want to come and hear from God, we start with what he has already said, what he has already revealed to us in his word. What I was encouraged by in Pete's book, I'd never really thought of it like this before and I want to share it with you and we're even talking about this this, this morning here as a team as we were praying. We often think of the Bible as something that we need to learn, something that we need to understand. And I'd like to encourage you to do this. Rather than coming to the Bible as a learning exercise, come to the word of God with a listening ear. This isn't just a text to know and to understand. God actually talks and speaks to us through his Holy Spirit as we open the pages of the Word of God. Read the Bible as a conversation, not just between the people in the pages, but between God and yourself. As we read the Bible, it can so much become a logical exercise, but instead come and pray the Bible. If you don't know what to pray, well, start reading. And as you you read, it often instructs us in some ways, pray these words for yourself. When when Jesus and God often instructs his people, these are instructions for us. And they're not just mental exercises. Love your your neighbour as yourself can be a really wonderful principle. Love your neighbour as yourself. That's good. Yep, okay, I've got that. But if I read those words as, as a conversation, it's more, hey Wally, Love John, that guy down the road who you don't get along with very well. <laughs> Love him. Treat him the way you would like to be treated. Totally transforms the way we read the word of God. All of a sudden it's God's living word shaping us. And every time we come we're hearing from him. Sometimes And the more we do this, we hear God's voice beyond the words. We hear the Holy Spirit starting to prompt us in ways we could never imagine. To read, not just to learn. Come and read to listen. To listen to what God has for you each and every day, each and every time you open the word of God. Come and pray the Bible, don't learn it. Come and listen. Here's the 
Last one for us. How do we discern God's voice? Common sense. Now, this is an interesting one and I must admit the most dangerous and also it's third for a reason. I've heard it said that these days common sense is not all that common and that can be true. And so I only include this and share this one intentionally after the first and the second because common sense in this form is not our gut feelings, it is not our desires, it's not what I want, but it's the common sense that has been formed and shaped in the light of the word of God and with good counsel. It's a a sense that's been led by the Holy Spirit through his word. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behaviour and customs, customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So you see this, don't copy the customs of this world, no. Let God transform you by, the, by changing the way you think. Now that occurs as we open his word. Our thoughts are transformed as we get good counsel, as we grow, as we mature in faith. And this starts to transform and shape our common sense or the way that we see the world. I'd like to show you, share an example. I hope you don't mind the personal nature of this one. But we do often, don't we? We come to listen to God. We often seek God's counsel for those big times in life, those, those big decisions, those big moments. And I want to start this by saying that it's a shame if we only come to God for that because we can come to God with our, the smallest of needs. The, every single day we can come knowing that he's ready to speak to us in every, to every part of our life. He's ready to answer. He's, he's ready to speak into our situation and to encourage us. But I'm sharing this simply because it was a life-changing moment. And it was a time that I came to seek God's counsel. I want to unpack the ABCs. And so this story is a story of Pastor Wally as a single man seeking for a wife. Looking and seeking for love. And I remember meeting this person, her name was Rebecca, at church part of the the same church for a season and we'd formed this friendship and it got to a point though where I started to feel that this could be something more. I'd seen her as a friend for a while but something started to shift and so I can remember asking, Lord, who is back to me now? That was my question. I even went to Churchill Park, the hill. I went up on a hill, spiritual places. I went up and I took time out for, for hours, I think half a day, I went up there, I took a blanket, I sat down and I prayed, I read the Bible and I can remember sitting there looking up into the sky in deep thought, asking God, who is Beck? Who is Beck to me? Is she a friend or is she something more? And I just felt led to go to Ephesians and I read these words, Ephesians 5.25, For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. I remember laughing and thinking, Okay, Lord, that's pretty clear, but maybe, maybe subconsciously I wanted to read that, is what I thought. And so I placed it aside. And then sometime later, I can remember my mum sitting me down. I can remember the spot, I can remember the conversation, and she sat down, and unlike her, she wouldn't do this that often, but in this particular instance, she, she came and said, Well, I want to talk about Beck. 
She goes, oh, she's an amazing young lady. She started praising her and sharing all the wonderful things about her. But then she said, and, and this is what I mean by, mum usually wasn't this forward, she started to encourage me to see her as my wife. <laughs> Thanks, mum. And I thought, okay, that's good. And then that night in my devotion, I read from Proverbs 189, my child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honour around your neck. <laughs> I said, okay, Lord, I think this seems a little clearer. I'm a bit slow, though, I must admit. And so shortly after, there was a gentleman at our church who had a real passion for prayer and he shared with me how he'd often spend the evenings or the nights praying and he invited me to come. So I thought, this will be great. I, I was on this journey of learning, wanting to learn how to pray and so I went and prayed with him and we just spent the night worshipping and praying together. He turned to me in the midst of this prayer and he looked at me. And this is someone who, he, he knew me vaguely, didn't know me that well. We'd only just got to know each other. He looked at me and he said, I believe God wants me to share this with you. So I just want to hear, I feel God saying that there's someone in your life that you've seen as a friend that he now wants you to see as something more, maybe potentially a wife. I kid you not, I'm not, I'm not making this up. The very question I asked is, who is this person to me, Lord? And so it seemed that through good advice, the word of God, God was trying to show me something, but then there was also some common sense. You see, she was single and I was single. That's important. It seems logical. But even as I say that, sadly, there are many people and many a person who has convinced themselves that God was leading them into a relationship with a married person or someone outside of their own marriage and has caused them to be unfaithful, to commit adultery. That's just not spiritual common sense. So she was single. I was single. I was of marriageable age. So was she. That's important. Stop laughing. Sorry, I've got a bit of a giggle going here. But we also had a good developing friendship. I was attracted to her. And by the way she looked at me, I think she was attracted to me. All good common sense. I know, I'd only take a few. <laughs> a special person to be attracted. But you see... It took some good people in my life. It took God confirming and speaking to me through his word and it just took some good practical common sense that was shaped by the principles of God's word and by his people. So in your life, that's just a really good way to discern God's voice in your life. So I hope that's helped. I hope as you go, you can be encouraged to hear from God. Know that you're created for it. What a privilege to slow down, soften up, step out. But remember as you do that to get good advice. Soak yourself in God's word and enables it to shape and to transform your common sense. In that way you can not only hear from him, you can live and step out with and for him in everything that you do. I want to finish with this prayer. I found it in Pete's book again. 
They're wonderful words. It's a prayer written by Christina Rossetti. She was a mid-19th century poet and also wrote a number of Christmas carols. But she wrote this simple prayer and I would like it to become ours here this morning. She simply says, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Grant us ears to hear, eyes to see, wills to obey, hearts to love. I'm going to pray and then we're going to finish this morning and we're going to do something different. Rather than finishing in a song and just going on with our days, I'd like to encourage you, if you're with people, to stop and to reflect on this simple prayer and to share which elements in this God is encouraging you with or maybe challenging you with. Maybe it was something in what was shared as well, but this summarises it quite well. Take some time just to share this with one another and then you may like to pray together. Praise the family. What a privilege. You can do that if you're at home. That's hard to do if we're here. And if you're on your own, maybe pull out a journal and sit with God and ask him, Father, which part are you encouraging me, challenging me with this morning? I pray that you may be able to hear his voice for yourself today. So that this isn't just about principles. It's about God speaking to the very core of your being. So Father, I thank you for who you are and that you speak to us. So we come to you, Father, with humble hearts. Lord, we ask that you would speak. Lord, speak for we, your servants, are here It's our longing to hear your voice. So, Father, we would pray these words. Grant us ears to hear. Lord, if there's any sin, if there's anything in our lives that would be stopping us from hearing you, we pray that you would reveal those to us now, that you would speak that into our lives. We pray, Father, that you may also give us eyes to see. Help us to see you, Father. Lord, when you speak, if you're calling us to step out in some way, give us the wills to obey, Father. Above all else, Lord, hearts to love. To love you and the people around us the way you've loved us and the way you call us to. We thank you, Father. Lord, I also pray for each person right now that as as we pray, as we come, as we speak to you, that they will also hear from you, Father. I pray that your Holy Spirit will just be at work in every single person right now, that you may impress on their hearts and make very clear your very real presence. For each person, Lord, Pray that you also make very clear your encouragement for this day. Or maybe a challenge. Or maybe it's simply your very real and obvious presence right now in this time where we can feel so alone. And so we thank you, Father. We give you praise. We pray all of these things in Jesus' mighty name and all of God's people say, Amen.